All right. Hello. I am here in Fan, and I'm joined today by Little Red Book. Hello. And Ashiman. Hey, guys. And today we're talking about We Free Men by Terry Pratchett. Um, That's so Sir Terry Pratchett to you. Sorry, Terry Pratchett. Yes, sorry. exactly. Uh, the late Sir Terry Pratchett. Uh, we're going to have a very brief non-spoiler section, then go full spoilers. Uh, let me give you a little introduction to the book in case you don't know what it is. So We Free Men is a We Free Men by Sir Terry Pratchett is the first book of the Tiffany Hanking series. It's something of a continuation of the Witch's Discworld series, but can also be read as a standalone, uh, just like nearly all Discworld books. Tiffany Aching is the only YA book series in Discworld. Pratchett is most well known for Discworld and his collaborative work with Neil Gaiman on uh, Neil Good Omens. Pratchett was a badass, and he is missed. So, uh, so should we get our first uh, non-spoiler thoughts out of the way? Yes. Ashman, you go first. Uh, yeah, this is the first Discworld book I've read in a long time. And it really felt good to be back reading Sir Terry Pratchett. Um, I, uh, the first couple pages, I was very hesitant. But then um, there was an incident with teachers. And uh, that was just <laughs> like, okay, okay, this is, this is indeed a Discworld novel. Um, I, I like Terry, not, because, not, not just because his books are always really funny, but... Uh, there's also like a deep undercurrent of anger and I just find that it's it's not like anger directed at you know it's anger used well let's say um, he has a very dark humor yes and he does not like stupidness or bigotry or anything like that and he really gets angry that humans are like that <laughs> he doesn't suffer fools I believe yeah absolutely right. Um, this book has a lot of heart. Tiffany is an excellent character. Um, I would definitely recommend this to anybody who has children and, you know, quite a few that don't. Great. Thank you for sharing, Ash. Uh, yeah, this is your first time reading, right? Uh, reading this book? Yes. Uh, so I, I read it for the second time and, uh, I will just mirror everything that Ash said. I thought it was fantastic. I like, uh, how much heart is in the book? I think Tiffany's a fantastic character. She's one of my favorites in the Discworld series. Um, I will say, I think it's a little less funny than a lot of the other books. Mm -hmm. um, but just a small thing. Um, yeah, his anger at injustice comes out pretty clearly in this. And uh, the Nack McFeagles are wonderful, wonderful creatures. <laughs> Red? So this is my third time. I read it once by myself. And then when the kids got a, a little older, I read um, an illuminated version of it. So there was little blue footprints all over the pages mm. and frequent um, illustrations. Not every page, but and I want to say they were like uh, eight, seven when I read it to them. And then I read it, of course, just now. Um, this book holds a very special place in my heart because it was one of the first grown-up fish books I read with my kids. Um, I find it hilarious. I, I would say um, I have some problems with it, some very serious problems with it, but I laughed every third page. And the one main, the one main problem I have with it, well, no, the one minor problem, but is part of the Discworld aesthetic is it has only one footnote and it's at the very end of the book. And um, Discworld, I just love the, they're one of my favorite yeah, things. more than that. No, I only, well, my my digital copy only has one. Oh. Um, mine mine has a few, but they're definitely a lot more sparse than the other ones. I agree. And, and I Discord is awesome for its footnotes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. 
I might be wrong. I could go back and look through. I only, my digital book, I only read the last half while I was listening. So I felt, it felt like I, I, there was like a, a maybe four that I saw. Yeah. That's about it. I found three in the first 25 pages just on a cursory glance. Okay. Not very many. (laughs) Right. Normally they're they're like every other page. Sometimes many. Tiffany. Also, um, not just a great female character, um, but a character that, you know, like if you're reading it with a kid, like I think most kids who are into reading and stuff would just be like, yeah, Tiffany's awesome. I want to be like her. Um, which I found I really like um, because I I like aspiring to characters regardless of their gender. Um, and so I'm going to say something that's going to sound kind of mean. Uh-huh. Um, I have a younger sister. <laughs> the hostility between and we did not get along as children. We get along OK now, but not we're not we're never going to be best friends. Um, I really identified with a lot of the resentment resentfulness she had towards well all her siblings but i also identified with that's mine you can't mess with Mm, and that the tension in in her relationship she's like it's not that i I would never say i didn't i i've always loved my sister we just get along um but she's like you know what it's just mine you can't mess with it and i had several situations in the schoolyard so to speak where Mm. i was like no you can't do that that's i can pick on her but you can't (laughs) yeah I hear sisters are especially bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, the, we're terrible. There is, there is a lot of the same dynamic with brothers. Um, me and my uh, the bro- the brother who is just three years older than me, we would beat the tar out of each other at home. But um, you know, there is always this kind of like an unspoken agreement that we would just stick up for each other if anyone else tried to mess with us, because you know they're not part of the family. Right. I don't um, get to do that. Yeah, I have a sister, and it's the same between us, especially when we were kids. Okay, so shall we move on to spoiler talk? I guess so. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Tiffany's great. You want to talk about Tiffany? What about Tiffany? Um, I so, love... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so I love how practical she is. Um, and she's just like, a task needs to be done, and this is how I'm going to accomplish it. But I know we're all going to gush about Tiffany, so I want to get this out of the way. There is no way she's nine. <laughs> she's nine in the book. She might be 12. But either way, she's neither 9 nor 12. <laughs> um, Terry does a very bad job of writing a young person. And like I said, I love this book. It has a special place in my heart. But this is a thing that is so glaring about the book. And it drives me crazy. Because I've spent a lot of time with kids that age. And they are not like Tiffany. And I don't care how smart or extraordinary you are. <laughs> I have not spent a lot of time around children. So... I, yeah, I'll just defer to your your uh, your opinion here because I have no idea. <laughs> well, that book is definitely our uh, child expert, considering she has two. Yeah, and I taught Sunday school and been a youth group leader. I spent a lot of time around kids. <laughs> uh, something I love about Tiffany is the fact that she read the dictionary uh, from front to cover, and she doesn't know mm. how to pronounce words. And yes. uh, she loves to use the correct word for things, and she mispronounces it. It's so funny. I really liked the, this is what I was referencing earlier, the scene with the uh, uh, zoology teacher. She's like, I want to learn zoology. He's like, that's a big word, isn't it? No, but patronizing is. (laughs) (laughs) Zoology is really quite short. That was the exchange. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Tiffany suffers from the same fear I have, 
Um, the first time I said the word ennui, I embarrassed myself horribly mm. <laughs> because I'd ennui? only ever, I don't even remember how I said it. I just remember because <laughs> I, there are a lot of words I've read and I've never pronounced and I really identify with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll have, at least readers have. Yeah. Um, I also love uh, the reason she gives for wanting to become a witch. And she told the story of the, uh, I, I, I teared up listening to the story of the, uh, the old lady who is called a witch and she died looking for help. Oh. She asked, why do you want to become a witch? She said, so that it never happens again. I'm like, oh, Tiffany, you're so precious. I think that was the angriest the book got. Yeah. They got together. They Didn't they kill her? Or did she just die no, from exposure? She just died from okay. exposure, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like everyone ignored her, and then they went into her house and burned all her books. Uh, <sighs> so <awful>. angry. <laughs> and Tiffany went in afterwards, and she she measured the size of her stove, and she said, there's no way. Like, Tiffany's smart. She's just so yeah. much smarter than everybody else. <laughs> I do like how um, when she um, bonked Jenny Greenteeth, um, she went and measured her dinner plates. <laughs> <laughs> just so she would know how big they are. <laughs> Why doesn't it just say it's nine inches long? <laughs> <laughs> um. So the other thing I really like about her is just her. She is a very self-reflecting person, mm-hmm. and I think the thing that brought this most to my attention um, was she finds this beautiful shepherdess porcelain figure, and she gives it to her grandmother. And her grandmother's reaction kind of startled her, and she thinks. I've just insulted my grandma by giving her this statue. She thinks that this is what I think a shepherd should be or shepherdess. Well, at the, and this shepherd. is where I. <laughs> Remember, Granny Aching uh, has never heard of a shepherdess. Okay. Okay. True. Um, so this is the part of the book where I cried at the very end when Granny Aching shows up. She's mm. dressed in the blue dress. And because I could see why a child would, re- would react the way that Tiffany does. But when I read that, as an adult, I'm like, no, she's just really touched. She's like, oh, you see me as this, this beautiful thing. Where I, whereas, not as an insult, but as a compliment. Does that make sense? And then when, yeah. and, but, but Granny Aching is still wearing her old boots. <laughs> still wearing her old boots. <laughs> see, that just flew over my head. I, I'm, I'm not good with unspoken gestures like that. Yeah, no, no, I just, I need these things explained to me. And I'm glad that you just did. <laughs> So anyway, that's the part where I cried. <laughs> uh, I think she is the perfect witch, with uh, considering what we've learned about the witches in Discworld up to this point, and she personifies them very well. And I, I really like the story, how it's told, uh, partially through flashbacks of her remembering her grandmother. Mm. It was her grandmother or great-grandmother? or It was just granny-aching, right? Yeah. Okay. I really got the Who sense is- that Terry Pratchett loved his grandmother <laughs> from this. <laughs> I think that's probably true. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, I like the way she thinks around corners and in odd ways. And that's mm-hmm. how she solves problems. Um, and that she's willing to... You know how sometimes when you... Tur- it's like the vase picture. It's like, is it two mm. faces or is it a vase? Yeah. That That's how she thinks. And that's how she solves by doing it that way. Um, yeah, I, I also really like that. And I'm not going to say that I'm good at that specifically but um i I think most people who spent time around me would agree that i'm at least a little weird so i have a (laughs) yeah my my perspective is naturally just different from other people's so 
a lot of the times, a lot of time, I'm able to solve problems that other people aren't able to solve, and unable to solve problems other people are able to solve because you know just the perspective is different, and that can make things easier or harder. Right. Oh, can we go back to the teachers' role real quick? Yes. Oh. So, Karen. So my one of my favorite teacher signs was um, the in, the grammar teacher, and he's like, "I before E sorted out." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. When I was a kid, and we've all learned I before E except after C. And so, yeah, all the exceptions. God. So there are wait. More exceptions than there are rules. So listen. <laughs> so then I I also learned, and I found out a lot of people didn't learn this, except for sounding like A as a neighbor or way. Did you guys learn that? Yeah. I think I heard that once or twice. Okay. So then I had an English teacher in junior high school, or it, when I was a junior in high school, not in junior high school. And he taught me a sentence that pretty much has all the exceptions to those two roles. And I found out nobody I know knows this except people I went to high school with. Enlighten and us. that is... Hmm? Enlighten us. Neither leisured foreigner seized the weird heights of protein by slight or forfeit. Okay. Yeah, that does not ring any bells. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually, when I first joined the Discord, put that a poll up on that. I was like, does, has anybody else heard this? And like, nobody had. I was like, okay. <laughs> So there you go, guys. I've educated you. Yeah, it's a e wonderful mnemonic. And I sorted out for all you English people with our weird spellings. Um, since we're on the subject of the teacher signs, I really like the juxtaposition between the geography teacher and the uh, spelling and grammar teacher. Because <laughs> it's actually, uh, it just, it's spelled J-O-G-R-A-F-F-Y. <laughs> and everything is misspelled. And then, the, of course, the punctuation and spelling teach you everything is very beautifully written. And it's uh, very correct. Um, I just like the entire premise of teachers traveling through the land like buskers. <laughs> making, a, making a living off of just, like, people coming in for, a, like, one lesson. Well, that'll cost you an egg. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes sense for the area they live in, right? Yeah. Um, sort of, yeah. Um, I, uh, I find it somewhat dubious that, um, any parent, like, you know, who was, you know, ignorant and proud of it, which is a lot of, uh, people back then, um, would, <laughs> you know, send their children off, which is sacrificing, like, a day of work, and also some of their hard-earned produce to, uh, learn about geography, or, uh, spelling. <laughs> it it kind of seems like everybody... It's not a priority, but nobody scorns knowledge. It's just in the, in in Discworld, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. in Discworld. I'm not. I mean, my I think I have of my grandparents on my dad's side. His my grandfather's has one sibling that graduated from high school. Damn. And everyone else left at the eighth grade. I mean, but part of it was it was the Great Depression. They were living in a dust bowl, like literally. Um, I remember reading this article about the tractor and its invention and how it revolutionized uh farming the farming indus industry so much that people could actually afford like it wasn't even just a matter of being ignorant and proud of it it was like literally they could finally afford to send their children to school that's 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 also true yeah um like i imagine if they didn't like need to spend their entire lives working tending the farm then uh a lot more would have been educated and wow that is exactly what happened because <laughs> once we invented labor-saving techniques everyone got to go to school. Yeah, exactly. 
And now nobody has to farm. I mean, like 5% of the population yeah, is involved tiny, in it. Yeah, tiny, tiny amount of people. Yeah, exactly. Well, and obviously there's places in the world where that is not the case, but mm-hmm. at least here in North America. Yes. So, uh, we good talking about Tiffany? We did. All right. Uh, should we move on to themes? Sure. I mean, we're not going to talk about the Mac Mac. I mean, sure, they're we kind can of talk about them first. I mean, rob anybody. And Jock is not as tall as Jock. Oh, my other names. <laughs> my nonsense. We'll never be fooled again. Uh, the Wee Freemen uh, are awesome. Not quite okay. as tall as medium-sized Jock Jock. <laughs> right? <laughs> so and Taller than small Jock. <laughs> my favorite, uh, my absolute favorite thing about them is that their swords glow blue when a lawyer is present. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is amazing. Like a little nod to uh tolkien mm-hmm. and sting and also to how nefarious lawyers are i, mean, I was thinking about era the whole end of this book oh my god <laughs> they're not wrong to be frightened right no no they're not <laughs> the, the end of the book was perfectly set up uh, oh, the whole time you're thinking why why is the toad here oh well, i uh, i saw that right away not right not away, really. but as soon no. as he like made a lawyer thing i was like oh he's a lawyer this is gonna show up made a lawyer thing um so occasionally he's like oh this like one time he's like this ceiling is low you could sue for damages oh yes yeah that i am gonna be honest flew me too because i was not paying attention to that but Mm -hmm. yeah you're right I love when we meet we we meet the witches at the end, and they're like, "Oh no, the Mac Mac McFeagles have a lawyer. What what have you done?" <laughs> right, <laughs> and he's working pro bono <laughs> because at least at one they're time. Kill him. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he says, "I didn't know we could have lawyers on our side." <laughs> oh yes, you're entitled. You're entitled to a defense. <laughs> uh, so they're they're basically Scottish leprechauns, Scottish blue leprechauns, right? I'm not familiar with leprechauns enough they're to comment. Pixies. Leprechauns are very so, small and mischievous. They're they're the and opposite. <laughs> they're the opposite of brownies. So brownies uh, are little. I'd never heard of brownies until this book. Okay, so first of all, it's why the Girl Scouts have a group of Girl Scouts called brownies. Really? Yes. Brownies are little house elves. So think um, the elves in the tailor, mm. uh, right? So and also think. Um, What's his face from Harry Potter, where you give him clothes? And they... Okay. <laughs> so oh. what they do oh. is you you put brownies, you put your bowl of milk out on your doorstep, and they come in and they do your chores for you. And uh, I think American Gods has a brownie too, and if I remember correctly, but he's a big dude who fights. Um, so the McFeagles are the opposite of brownies. Instead of coming in and helping you do your chores they come drink your booze for for milk they come in and drink your booze and steal stuff <laughs> excellent they help out tiffany they help well they tiffany, do which is because odd. she had i mean she's she married she's granny hot. aching <laughs> because of granny aching yeah ah, i love respect the, the hags. I, I love the the character of granny aching she never really shows up living in the book like, <laughs> her flashbacks um and she doesn't really say anything um but you just like get such a sense of who she was and i had a lot of respect for her by the end um you know just like one of those people that makes the world go round and keeps everyone you know together and the community safe stuff like that 
yeah, just even from Tiffany's perspective, you got a you got a real sense of why she was so well respected in the community, mm-hmm. especially by the Baron. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the Baron and Thunder and Lightning were awesome. I wish I had dogs like that. Yeah, I that is something that is the one thing I wanted more of is um is Thunder and Lightning. Like I wanted more of them in the story. Like I loved Granny Aching's stories, and I love that. But I would like to have seen the dogs more integrated mm-hmm. into story than they were. They show up at the end as magic ghost dogs um, and that stuff. And they, I don't know. That was just something I wanted more of. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I have one last thing on Granny Aching. So, thank you. Um, She is a woman who basically stayed where she was her entire life. Never left the chalk. um, Never really got formal education. Um, And it's easy to look down on those types of people. I think we have a really uh, a bias against them nowadays. Um, but I just really like how it was a very positive portrayal. And, you know, these people have like a, a very deep wisdom that applies to where they live generally. They have a, they have a different type. I don't want to say type of knowledge. That sounds condescending. They just have a very different, just because you have not been formally educated. Like, my grandfather, for example. I mean, my grandfather had a lot of ignorances too, but he also had a very deep understanding of a lot of things that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man owned his farm equipment, for example, from when I was a kid, was from the 50s, and he still kept it running. And when something broke, he knew how to fix it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to f- crack. I shocked myself three times trying to change a freaking light switch, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> it did get changed. <laughs> But (laughs) my grandfather would not have had that issue. Yeah. I mean, it's like we're all experts in what we know. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? So I, Mr. Philosophy major, right? You know, (laughs) you're an expert. And I'm not saying that, like, I'm a theology major, okay? So, you know. I'm not a philosophy major, though. Oh, you're a history (laughs) major? So the listeners are clear. (laughs) Okay. The point, but but you get my point, is that we're experts in what we know. And, um... There is definitely a prejudice in our culture towards people who are blue collar type people, but mm-hmm. we need those people to do things and they are super smart at what they know. So maybe you should. Yeah. Tough as nails. <laughs> mechanics, mechanics, Um, they have a, a good mechanic has his own genius that mm-hmm. I just forget about it. <laughs> I don't yep. know anything about that. <laughs> it takes all kinds. Exactly. And this is a kind that is really underappreciated nowadays. Yeah. Okay, so thieving kinds now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> pe- more uh, Mac I just I really like their culture and the the Keldas and uh, how there's only one and they only have one woman and uh, <laughs> she only has one daughter and they have to move around and they uh, they take some brothers with them because they can't respect otherwise and they need protection and uh, I love the fact that they think that they they might be you know who am I to say they think they're living in their own afterlife like their own <laughs> version of heaven. Because there's booze and fighting, and I just think that's genius. Mm-hmm. Completely off topic. So when they're stuck in the dream, in Roland's dream, have you even talked about Roland? Guys, there's this character <laughs> called Roland. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a wet blanket. <laughs> he got kidnapped a year before the story starts, blah, blah, blah. So they're in the Roland's dream, and they have these creatures. And they're like, and Tiffany's in the dream, and she's like, this isn't even real food. This is like where food goes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's been good, 
it's like food heaven because the food is also pretty and all my food is white and brown <laughs> yeah that made me laugh i think she saw ice cream too she did <laughs> ballroom scene reminded me of labyrinth Ooh, it did i didn't think about that but that's true have you seen labyrinth ash i have not well you should see that <laughs> david bowie, bowie. I, yeah his bulge I plan to see Labyrinth and also Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh, that's a good one. May or may that's not be really, really good. At all related. Uh, uh, <laughs> Labyrinth is a prequel. No, it's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, David Bowie and the Muppets. It's great. Well, not the Muppets, but no, Muppets. yeah, no, but Jen Jem Henson worked on Labyrinth. Well, it's just it's not the Muppets. It, they yeah. are Muppets. I know. But, okay, that's why I said. I said, well... I'm very particular yeah. about these things. Okay, fine. I'm very particular about what's a portal fantasy. And this one is a portal fantasy. In fact, This, this one is legitimately a portal fantasy, yes. I, this is probably the one where we agree. <laughs> <laughs> Narnia. I mean, I, I assume yes. you agree on Yes, okay. of course. I, I said it the other day as a joke, but you're right. This definitely is a portal fantasy. In fact, <laughs> multiple portals to multiple worlds. Mm -hmm. Hard mode, guys. I want to disagree with you just because, you know. I know. It feels dirty. I know. <laughs> just because you could, because you're like that. <laughs> and now I'm a man of principle. I'll uh -huh. stick with what I think most of the time, uh -huh. unless it's really funny. Unless you want to troll me. <laughs> yeah, like I said, funny. I like the role that we free men play in the story. They help uh, Tiffany out, but they never solve her problems for her. Not really. Um, and they need what she has, and she needs what they have. It's very complimentary, and like n neither one of them outshines the other, which I think is very important in a story like this. Um, and they're also extremely unreliable. <laughs> it, it would be very easy uh, for a less capable author to have these bombastic, loud creatures be the center of the story and take mm -hmm. over, you know, people's central thoughts but tiffany's just such a great character that that doesn't happen mm -hmm. and they make a great contrast um tiffany born leader these guys really good at following <laughs> <laughs> takes all types and they're unintentionally funny so often mm -hmm. um, i liked the uh stupid one I uh, remember saying. the stupid one <laughs> yes the one that was particularly uh Daft? It was, was it Daft? Daft something? Something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that they use the wor words like Daft and Ken. You just don't get that enough in yep. fantasy. Well, it, would, it was confusing. I could not read it. Every time I saw the word Ken, I had to exchange it, it means for no. no. In my, yeah. I know, because they tell you. After that, <laughs> literally when I saw Ken, I had to change it to no in my mind before I could understand what they were saying. Ever since I read Mole Speak in Redwall... You know, everything else beyond that has been easy, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, I I don't know where I picked up that kind of slang, um, but I loved it because I just don't get to read it enough, and it's so much, mm -hmm. like, barren and all that stuff. I, I like stories written like the, I don't know, folksy, like Huck Finn. Yeah, well, yeah. So um, I just I just enjoyed listening. Well, they said Crivens a bit too often. I'm going <laughs> to... Crivens! Which I'm sure is, is that a real word? I don't think so. <laughs> I think that Craven that is. Craven is. C R I V E N S. Yeah, but they don't use it like craven. They use it as a swear word, basically. Yeah, uh, I think it, I think it might be just like a 
Cravens, as in the people they're talking to, they're going to beat up, you know? I think that might be the idea behind it. It's kind of an ejaculation, not ejaculation. (laughs) Yes. It's an ejaculation. It's it's an appropriate word, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. I just had a saying a word. I can't even remember the exact correct word. Is it? It is a correct word. It is a real word. I'm trying to remember what, but there's a grammatical, you know, like, wow. Is that ejaculation? Yeah, it's an ejaculation. Cut this out. Please just cut this all out. Exclamation, maybe. An exclamation. Yeah, it's not an exclamation, but there's a word for it. There is. It might be ejaculation. I don't think it is. So we have it here. The we from men love ejaculating. (laughs) You probably do. Oof. The way that she got out of the marriage was very, very fitting for a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this definitely felt the most fairy tale ish Discworld to me. And they all are like all the ones in this series are like that. Mm-hmm. I can believe that. And I, and that's one of the things I really love about them because, as I often said, I love myself a good fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And like even having like fairy tale characters just randomly show up or twists on fairy tale characters randomly show up in the book. Just a lot of fun. Hogfather was pretty fairy tale I have not read that one. Maybe that's what we should do for Christmas. Maybe we should. I love Hogfather. Okay. I haven't read it, but I uh, know the very famous line Steph says from it. Oh, that's a I'm good one. Very fond of them. Uh, was, Death wasn't in this book, was he? No. No. Oh, Death. my goodness. Appearance. Wow. How many Discworld books does Death not make an appearance? A lot. I thought it was most of them. He showed up. The only one I've read with him in it is Mort. And I've read about seven of them. Hmm. Where's Death? We're not here. Not in this book. I'm trying to remember if he might show up in another one that I read. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, he's he's not in The Color of Magic. which is He is in The Color of Magic. Is he? Yeah. I don't I remember so, yeah. him being in that one. I think he's in The Light Fantastic as well. He is. He made no impression on me. <laughs> well, he's, he's just in like one scene or something i've only read those books once i just remember the traveling i thought that was really cool the traveling <laughs> the life just was fantastic beat. <laughs> and when people say they don't like the color of magic i thought it was fine it's the first disc world book i read i think it's uh, really, uh, it was still terry getting his feet under him yeah well, i mean he, that's fair yeah he hadn't hit his stride yet and i think that he definitely has a very specific brand of humor it mm-hmm. either lands or it doesn't. And with me, it lands. Yes, absolutely. Um, he you have does to be a fan of, of British comedy. That's yes. for sure. Yes. And see, I grew up watching things like um, Keeping Up, oh. Keeping Up Appearances. Mm. And uh, Monty Python. Monty. Oh my God. The movie I've watched most of my life is Holy Grail. There <laughs> that, we go. It's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close. Um, <laughs> Death has appeared in every Discworld novel with the exception of We Free Men and Snuff. Oh. Look at that. Look, I'm not even paying attention that close. Not apparently. Even paying attention to the books. For shame. <laughs> oh, you can kick me off now. Um, I think it was really appropriate not to have death in this one because the absence of Granny aching and Tiffany's complete, her struggle to come to terms with that um on her own felt very it was a big part of the novel it felt very poignant and i think death showing up and kind of talking to her a bit about it would have weakened the the arc of it for me he doesn't need to say anything i mean just granny a king's death scene and she sees death i mean she's a witch she should see death anyway 
Yeah, maybe. But Tiffany wasn't there when she died. So why would she? she... No. She, she found her dead. She found her, oh, but she... Yeah. So it's a very... Um, it's a very um, third-person limited point of view. It's only from ten of you, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't have made sense for see death situation. Yeah. And that's actually something interesting because a lot of um, Pratchett's books have um, multiple third-person point of view. Is not. Um, speaking of her seeing things, I really like the concept of first sight and second thoughts. Mm-hmm. Not that's all- not doing anything magical there. You just see what's in front of you, which is actually a rare skill. <laughs> uh, have you read the other witch books? No. Oh, I've read all should. of, yeah, you would like them. I've read all of um, Tiffany's books. I think I've read, I've read at least one other one by kids right now. But yeah, you would love the witches. They're fantastic. They're incredibly practical. Yeah, I, I definitely believe that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. They practice headology, getting into people's heads. Yep. It's not real mm-hmm. magic. It's just getting into people's heads. <laughs> oh, the, the, there is real magic too. There is real magic, but I mean. Mostly, they don't do magic. Like, what does Mystic say? Um, you learn magic, and then you learn not to use it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you learn when not to use it. Honestly, you learn not to use it. Yeah. I prefer the witches to the wizards. I, I believe the wizards, they, they don't do any magic because the amount of effort it takes to do magic is the same as it would do it without magic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like the wizards. Oh, they're funny, but I prefer the witches. Definitely. Especially Rincewind. I, I actually like the... Uh, the people at the university more than uh, Rincewind. My favorite um, wizard character is the librarian who turned into a chimpanzee. Is it orangutan? Orangutan, whatever. He turned into a great ape <laughs> or something, and he won't go back because <laughs> he actually prefers it. Um, yeah, so let's go back to second thoughts. And that, that's something I really wanted to uh, talk about because I think it's talking about people uh, challenging their own prejudices and the biases that they grew up with mm-hmm. and uh most of the people in the chalk they just kind of go with what they're told that witches are evil and that you know they should be shunned and maybe throw kicks rocks at their cats and that's how the lady died i wish i remember her name uh and tiffany has second thoughts which allows her to maybe have those first thoughts that aren't great but uh challenge them in her second and third thoughts and I think that's Terry telling us that that's really what we should do is challenge our own thoughts and prejudices and rethink things we're told. Yeah. Um, it, well, it, it should come as no surprise that I wholeheartedly endorse that position, uh, seeing as how I'm so into philosophy. Um, you know, Socrates was, okay, Plato through Socrates famously says, the unexamined life is not worth living. Uh, I think, yeah, everyone has a duty to challenge their own thinking though it may be difficult so i'm gonna um maybe first of all i like the idea because we all have preconceived notions i don't think it's necessarily just about challenging prejudices and in the sense that we normally use the word like normally we associate the word prejudice with bigotry Mm -hmm. um that it's more it's not just about that it's also about like she does she thinks oh i'm trying to find a good any problems like just taking a a second look like um so one of the examples is the book of sheep ailments (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so it's everything with turpentine (laughs) (laughs) but what's funny about it is that (laughs) like she's like so granny's given this book and she's not a learned person but at the same time she's like no actually this doesn't work guys (laughs) it's not a thing because i tried it and it didn't work 
But um, so I, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm saying this well. In fact, I know I'm not saying it well. But um, so when we hear the word prejudice, we think bigotry. Mm-hmm. Second thoughts is not just about that. Second thoughts is about we've done it this way, but maybe there's a better way. Or yeah. we're looking at the problem, but maybe the problem isn't the pro- the right problem to look at. Does that make uh, sense? Yeah, prejudices so, as preconceived notions. Exactly. Notions, yeah. Yeah, so maybe we think we're trying to solve this problem, but the actual problem we're trying to solve is this other problem. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of what I got out of Second Thoughts. That was very uh, I, I That's how I use prejudices, just as something that oh, we... Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying the reason why I want to... No, no, I, the reason why... I, because that word is loaded, was yeah, trying to that's unload the word. Yeah. Uh, but also, don't be bigoted. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, I'm not like, endorsing. Yes, not endorsing bigotry. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it was not about bigotry. You <laughs> take a look at your preconceived bigotry. notions and you figure, yeah, maybe it was right to leave that witch to die. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Ash said that. I did not say that. Ash said it. <laughs> Does anybody have anything they want to bring up about we free men? Yes, we haven't explored themes yet. Okay. Um, are we good to get onto those or something about characters we want to talk about first? Maybe a quick shout out to the queen. I liked her character. She was a good counterpoint to Tiffany. There we go. Oh, bad for her. <laughs> yeah, it's just someone stuck in like old thinking patterns who never had second thoughts and just kind of exists in a very hedonistic way. Um, not ever giving people what they need, but only what they want, which of course is not sustainable or good. Well, and she never has to, because she has such control, she never has to learn a better way. Like that's part of it Mm -hmm. too. Um, And you kind of see that in Roland a little bit and the Baron a little bit kind of touches on that until they come up with the, um, with a force that can actually challenge them. They kind of make the world the way they want. And the queen yep. does that because she just can. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, um, I mean, I can't say that if I was in that position, I wouldn't be like that. I don't, I don't know. That kind of power is just really unhealthy to have. Yeah. And, and growing up is a really painful process a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's very difficult to, you know, ha- become disillusioned and then try and figure out how to put your worldview back together. Um, but... And so you, you just can avoid to. that. Yeah, it's, you have to do that. Yeah. If you want to become a grown-up, I think at one point Tiffany says she's just a child that got old because mm-hmm. she never had to do that. That's part of becoming an adult is learning that thinking does not make it so, but the queen mm-hmm. lives in a world where thinking does make it so. Yeah. And yeah, there, there are like lots of people in the real world who this happens to. Um I hear a big, like, it's really big with actors, especially child actors, and their lives end up very sad a lot of the time, um, because, you know, they get famous before they even know who they are, and Mm -hmm. then they're surrounded by usually sycophants, or people who want things out of them who'll just tell them what they want to hear, um, and then, you know, sometimes they, you know, get a hard dose of reality, but sometimes they just keep on going until they just die of a drug overdose or something like that. I don't remember... It's it floats around in the ether, um, but you know, like one of the most important vitamins you can give your children is the is vitamin no. Like no, <laughs> it's just not okay. You can't do that for whatever reason. Like keeps them from falling off cliffs. 
and eating only ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it that, also... And that, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and, that, and you see that in her little brother who's always being given candy. Mm-hmm. And never he's anything sticky. really... He's oh, sticky he's and he's ugh. not nourished. <laughs> That's the problem. He doesn't even speak. And he's... I don't remember how old he is, but he's not too, you know... I think he's like of an indeterminate young child age. Yes. But the point yeah. is, is that he's never told no. Nobody ever corrects him. Mm-hmm. And he never makes any progress. He's stuck in this permanent childhood. Absolutely. And another good thing about being told no is uh, if someone tells you no, now you got to see how far you can push that. Um, it's an important part of being a child. It's an important. Adult. Yeah. <laughs> Teenagers are always pushing the line. Toddlers are the same way. Toddlers are teenagers. They're the exact same personality type. <laughs> Just a bit smaller. <laughs> and more violent. Toddlers are more violent than teenagers. <laughs> Generally. You, yeah, you would hope. <laughs> <laughs> Toddlers would just kill you if they were big enough to do so. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they all, all would, little kids are psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Would not I mean, not about it afterwards until they had to eat and you had no food for them. <laughs> well, the thing with, with toddlers and with the queen is that, um, oh no, the thought's gone. I had something brilliant to say, guys. It was going to be brilliant. Mm. If it comes back, I'll just I'll kind of imagine something smart in my head and then describe that to you. <laughs> uh, listeners, we, we've lost some audio, but let it be known that Little Red Book just said something so amazing that we can't repeat it. Yeah, it's, you really had to be there in the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, so this this book actually has... A, a, a few sneaky themes like growing up is a big one learning to cope with loss um, which also kind of inter- intertwines with growing up um turpentine turpentine yes <laughs> that's um, a very deep theme uh don't get stuck in your dreams you know actually go out and do things and uh there's one more right at least one more i can't remember right now it was the first one i thought of though now ash is being incredibly br- brilliant but we lost the audio Oh, Sorry. well, yeah, there's <laughs> nothing special about that, though. <laughs> I was going to ask if you mentioned, like, actually doing things instead of just dreaming, but I think that was, like, one of the last things he said. So. Yeah. I think there's a, book. yeah, Mrs. Tick, like, outright states at the beginning, it's like, if you uh, follow your dreams and... If you trust uh, in yourself and believe in your dreams and follow your star, you'll still get beaten <laughs> by people who spent their time working hard and learning things and weren't so lazy. Yep. <laughs> Oh, yes. And also, oh, no, go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. I was going to say it also holds intention, the idea that the dreaming part is not completely unimportant. Mm-hmm. You have to have you have to have imagination and you have to have dreams, but that is not enough. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, even part of second thoughts is like, yeah, it's OK to have thoughts out here and maybe it'll help you fix your problem. But you also actually do something. Mm-hmm. I got a quote. Unless you're writing too. a paper on philosophy. <laughs> and then I guess you just think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm so sorry. Actually. And then you and then you no no you find other people to argue with about the idea. Oh yeah. And you about right. Yeah. You never resolve it. You just do it all your life. Hopefully Over someone pays you. Have you yeah. ever seen um are you familiar with epic rap battles? Yes. Mm. Have you seen the philosophers, the western versus the eastern philosophers rap battle? Oh yes, I, I saw it a while ago. What is Good. Years. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'll look it up after this. That's way off topic. I'll send it to you. Back to dreaming. There's a great quote. The secret is not to dream, she whispered. The secret is to wake up. Waking up is harder. I have woken up and I am real. I know where I come from and where I am going. You cannot fool me anymore or touch me or anything that is mine. 
Um, I have a real problem with this. Uh, I, I tend to get lost in my imagination and often retreat to it um, when life gets tough, right? I don't think that I'm the only one, right? But um, No, it's a problem I have, too. Yeah, I think it's probably a problem most fantasy readers have, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes sense, right? Um, and you just, you just spend your time escaping. You never really deal with your problems. Um, or kind of accept that this is the reality. Learn to be happy with it. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to kick in the pants from Sir Terry. He will set you straight. Yeah, as or I Granny said, Weatherwax. Yeah, I should be doing my taxes and not talking to you about a fantasy book right now. <laughs> so maybe we should just end it here. Go out, <laughs> finish your chores. We'll never finish this episode. <laughs> anyway, yes, oh, that's about me. The last. This is just me saying the last theme that I had in mind. Oh no, say it. Go ahead. Okay. Um, accepting. The things that are negative about you and making them positive. So, okay. yeah, yeah Tif- the big thing for Tiffany is accepting that she's a selfish person and she's not saving uh, Wentworth out of the goodness of her heart, really. She's just she's because- our selfish. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, he's mine. You can't have him. Um, and so she just kind of reframes that. It's like, OK, I'll just make everyone mine and then I'll protect them all. <laughs> and it's like it's a it's a really good thing for people to do. Like, you don't like. Sometimes you just have personality traits to, that like can can be bad, but can also be good if framed in the right way. Like um, a comic book example would be Batman. <laughs> he has a lot of anger and rage in him because he lost his parents, and he turns that into fighting crime, which is of dubious value, but it is there. Came a vigilante. That's yeah. what he did. Probably don't become a vigilante, people, but um, you know, <laughs> channel your rage into Ash things says, like writing. I'm a vigilante. That's what Ash just said. That that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I did say <laughs> those words. <laughs> um, I was actually reading a story earlier today, um, written by Neil Gaiman after his death. Um, after his death, or after Pratchett's death? I believe Neil Gaiman Pratchett. is still alive. Neil Gaiman <laughs> is still alive. Yes, I was referring to uh, Terry Pratchett. And, and Terry Pratchett, um, yeah, as I said before, he's like a very angry person, um, but he just turned that towards his writing. Um, one time they had like a botched radio appearance, and Terry was just in the backseat fuming, and Neil Gaiman was trying to make it okay. And Terry just looks at him, he's like, no, this is the anger that got Good Omens written. Leave it be. <laughs> I just uh, really appreciate the kind of self-knowledge that uh the things you can do with self-knowledge like that i mean even um tiffany has this moment where she's like do i want to turn into miss tick because miss <laughs> tick is this pedantic corrective like she's kind of a harpy yeah she corrects <laughs> everyone's pronunciation <laughs> and everyone's everything no no it's a whale is a mammal it's like a cow in the ocean yeah <laughs> and so she starts doing that but see here's the thing she starts doing that with her brother Mm-hmm. And her brother makes progress because yes, he, he needs to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if he loves correcting other people too, so. But she, but yeah, she kind of gets off on it, but mm-hmm. you know, and you can push that too far, but yes. you know, there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just wondering where her parents are. Like, it feels like her parents don't exist in this book, except as very side-side characters. Her yeah. father had some good uh, father jokes at the beginning. Oh, wow. Her, you know, that's like Tor showing up on the Discord and making a dumb joke. It's like, that's <laughs> awesome. I love, and, and this is not against Tor. This is like, he walks into a room, says some stupid dad joke, and walks out. <laughs> really being uh. a dad. <laughs> that's just... I like it especially here because it's the same joke every time. <laughs> I mean, I, it's funny. I'm not, I'm just saying it was weird. It was a weird thing. It's like she didn't have any parents. <laughs> I'm aching all over. Oh, jeez. Did, did Tiffany say they didn't have to be funny? They were father jokes? Dad jokes don't Something have to like be funny. That. Yeah. Whenever my kids make a bad joke, I'm like, oh, I'm good to see you guys practicing being a dad. Mm-hmm. They're running joke, in a, which is a mom joke. So I guess I don't have a lot of room to talk. <laughs> And it's also a great way to see if your woman is still into you. If they keep laughing at your jokes. Or or man, if you swing that way. Or whoever Whatever. you're with. Your life partner. <laughs> this or is, your temporary This is not partner. true. <laughs> this is not true. This is not a good gauge. <laughs> I agree. My, my wife never laughs at my jokes. Oh, well, maybe I'm just exceptionally funny in the eyes of uh, Lady Um <laughs> Or maybe she's just very kind. Yeah, that yeah, she's just really into me. <laughs> uh, I, another, I, I, maybe the a better way of telling is if they say that they hate you and or hit you. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> okay, so Ash handing out really bad life advice. Everyone, <laughs> if your spouse says they hate you or they hit you, you should probably find somebody else. Oh, like if you if they hit you seriously, but if it's like a playful swat. You know? Oh, yes. okay. No, I'm not. I don't have to like nurse black eyes if I make a joke. <laughs> Ashman is uh, advocating for domestic violence. Only against men, though. <laughs> Actually, a serious issue, guys. Yes, there are this... guys who get beat up by their their girlfriends or wives or whatever. And it's or, or just ignore like, them and laugh yeah. at them. Just emotionally abused sometimes. Um, it's a serious issue, and people often ignore the uh, the male side. Yeah, my, exactly. My favorite domestic abuse joke comes from Futurama. No. Oh no! This, could, uh, this episode is going so off the rails. Culminates in uh, uh, like there, there's this girl who says that she was abused by her dad, and at the end it culminates to she feels damaged because of all of his years of unspoken verbal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Glared at me. I was so abused. <laughs> <laughs> Any last thoughts, everyone? There's no witch's school. Uh, witch's school. The, the school is just being alive. It feels very on point for witches. It does. It is. Mm -hmm. Very much about having a good head on your shoulders. And I think she could learn a lot from Granny Weatherwax, though. Can't we all? Yeah. Uh, like how uh, Granny Weatherwax can't read minds. She can read faces. It's a good skill to have. It feels like she's been looked through five miles through. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, Roland gets all the credit, and she mm -hmm. gets none of it, and she's just kind of fine with that. I really appreciate that about her. Um, because a lot of the times, most of the time, I think people do good things not because they want to be seen doing good things. They just wanted it. You know, they just want to help out, keep the world on track. Um, like, I, 
I, I very much doubt that the firefighters were running towards the buildings in 9-11 because they thought that they would uh, get claps on the back or everyone would think they're heroes. They just did it because it was the right thing to do, right? And we need people like that out there. Well, I got some claps in the back, though. And on the cheeks. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I, yes, I got it. This took me a second. Um, also, Tiffany's really good at making cheese. And I have a friend who's currently struggling to be a good cheesemaker. Um, so I would like Tiffany in my life. So that could be resolved. That is all. You could give her or him the book to test yeah. them with. That would be hilarious. The book's not about cheese making. It's, it's <laughs> not. But a nine-year-old girl mention. makes good cheese. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, I, I make good cheese. And that's never been something she struggled at. <laughs> she's good at butter, too. Maybe, like, if he puts himself in the mindset of Tiffany, like, really, like, reads the book and, like, gets deep into her character. Her, her brain. Yeah, he would just he would just gain the knowledge and the skills required to make good cheese. Um, I'd like to say that um, Tiffany's a character whose head I like to spend time in. Yes. Much like off the top of my head, I can think of like Murderbot would be very close to that as far as a character that I just like to, I want to hang out. I want to hang out with Tiffany. Um, After reading this, I think I'm going to go to, what's the next one? I shall wear midnight? I don't remember off the top of my head. I, think I'm gonna I was wondering this. if you guys would be interested. Um, I probably would, yeah. Um, um, just on the topic of characters I would like to spend time with, most of them, I have quite a few. But they're almost universally bad people. <laughs> like, uh, about you. Near, near the top of my list is uh, Hannibal Lecter. Specifically, Mads Mikkelsen playing Hannibal Lecter. Okay, so... <laughs> but Tethel. Yes, actually. So what I'm saying is, characters I want to be in the head of. So books that put you in their head. Are you saying you want to be in Hannibal Lecter's head? That would be excellent. Oh, very interesting. I like interesting people. So much. <laughs> this explains so much. <laughs> yeah. The same way that Tiffany um, read the stories and was like, what about the witches? A lot of the time when I read a story, I'm like, what about the villain? Especially in uh, stories where uh, it's a stupid strong hero against a smart villain. Because fair. in those cases, that's, it's... That's fair. Yeah. The villain is just always more interesting and cool there. Usually, so I do have a quote. So one of the things about um, Terry Pratchett is that we know that he's funny. That's what he's known for. But he can also turn a really great friend mm -hmm. and just be good. And the last paragraph of this book is excellent. I could read it if you want. You can please here and will okay. you read it? This is uh, a little red books quote. Then she made cheese in the dairy on the farm and the fields unrolling and becoming the downlands sleeping under the hot midsummer sun, where the flocks of sheep moving slowly drift over the short turf-like clouds on a green sky, and here and there sheepdogs speed over the grass like shooting stars forever and ever, walled without end. Sounds like poetry. Mm-hmm. And he's not known for that, but he should be, guys. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I actually... I don't have it written down or anything, but I, I really liked the bit where the teachers were introduced, and... Uh, especially the line, um, they gave people the keys to the universe when they didn't even know it was locked or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is funny, but a funny line, but the part where they're, when the teachers get lost, the, the, I don't know. 
they had like this whole thing where they're lost in the woods, all the teachers. And... Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, the geography teachers get uh, fall into bear traps or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the astronomers. That's pretty funny. The astronomers uh, point out the stars, and then the mathematicians Pumpkin. count them. Yeah, the geography <laughs> teachers fall into bear traps. Step into what does what does Pratchett have against geography? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just spent too much time around them. I, I don't know. I've spent very little time around geographers. <laughs> Should we call it? That's yeah. good. I don't have a lot else to say. That concludes our episode. You can find us on the Legendarium's Discord. The invite link is on thelegendarium.com. We are also on Twitter at Green Team Pod and Reddit. Join us in supporting the Legendarium via Patreon. Shout out to Rise and Brave for starting it all. Thank you to our panelists. What's her name and who was it? And especially your host, me, Huron Fan. <laughs> See you guys. Um, bye.